Welcome to episode four of the Be Daring Life podcast. I'm here with today's hosts, Jenna and Rachel. Thank you, Hudson. Today we are joined in the studio by the lovely Sarah Spade. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. Thank you. Our goal with Be Daring Life has always been to help teens, and sometimes that's fun and lighthearted, and sometimes it involves slogging through some really difficult subjects. We asked Sarah to join us today because she is a warrior and has lived through some hard days. Her family has walked through the serious life-changing illnesses of both her parents. About eight years ago, is that right, eight years ago? Um, He first started having symptoms in 2006 of ALS, but was officially diagnosed in 2013. Okay, so 2006, Mm -hmm. so about 13 years ago, her dad was diagnosed with ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. Her dad is one hardcore dude. He's an Army Ranger. He's actually in the Ranger Hall of Fame. Um, So it must have been really hard to see such a tough guy be hit with something so serious. Do you remember the day you heard about his diagnosis? Um, yes, and I kind of didn't know what the extent of the disease meant. We had, um, my parents actually rented a movie about Lou Gehrig um, himself, the baseball player, and we watched it. And whenever I um, saw the seriousness of what was going to happen to my dad, it really, really affected me, and I didn't know um, how long he would have to live. And I immediately just started crying, and my dad, I remember him just picking me up on the couch and just hugging me and telling me that no matter what, that he loved me and um, that God was going to um, be with me in this situation. Wow. That's rough. Yeah. Jenna's going to cry over there. <laughs> and then, how, how long later after that was your mom diagnosed with cancer? Um, I found out about my dad's when I was probably eight or nine, um, but then whenever I was 11 years old in sixth grade, I remember um, coming home from school, and my mom, uh, it just looked like she had a rough day at work. So I didn't really think anything of it, um, but she immediately just started crying and told me um, that she was diagnosed with lung cancer. And I had no idea, again, how long she had to live. The doctor said three to six months, roughly. So it was very, uh, a very aggressive version of lung cancer. And they said that surgery was going to be very tricky that that surgery that they did on her was even worse than heart um, uh, heart surgery. So did they took out her lung? Yes. Did? She only has about a third of her left lung still. That's all? Yes. Wow. I didn't know you could survive with a third of a lung. Yep. It's very difficult. She has a lot of breathing problems, but she is a strong woman. So... So when you first heard this, that's got to be so hard for parents to just try to be strong for their kids when they're going through all that. Yes, it yeah. was it was a very difficult time, but that time was a growing period for all of us. Um, we we just grew as a family. We became a stronger unit, as my dad would say, because of uh, his military experience. We were a unit, and we were soldiers. So. <laughs> How long did treatment last? Um, They immediately did surgery on my mom, and she had to stay in the hospital for about 15 days. And you stayed with? Um, My family. Your other family. Okay. So how how are your parents doing now? 
Um, my mom is currently cancer-free. Um, she's still surviving on one lung and the third of the other lung. But my dad uh, still has uh, the aggressive type of Lou Gehrig's where he is very like all of his muscles are deteriorating very fast and he's also um has dementia and it's getting worse every day there are days that he doesn't know what's going on and we'll have to tell him what is happening but your dad your dad i know for a fact is still he's been going out to ranger school for like six years right yes ma'am he goes out there and train trains the ranger what do you call them Ranger studs. Stud. Is that really what mm-hmm. they're called? Yep. Ranger studs. Yeah, they're not proud at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he goes out there a couple days a week for camp. Yes, ma'am. And slogs through all the stuff with them. Yes, ma'am. And he's determined to like go out, go down, not go yeah. down without a fight. Yes. What did? What is his motto? Um, uh, Rangers lead the way. Nah. Yes, it never quit too. I think he says that a lot. Too. Yes, ma'am. That's awesome. So when you were going through all of this, or even now, so what do you do when you get discouraged? Um, well, I'm not going to lie. There are times where I just cry before the Lord because I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and especially during that time where I thought that my parents were for sure going to pass away and I didn't know if I was going to have to learn to live on my own. Um, you know, not live on my own in the sense like live under a bridge somewhere, but you know, with my grandparents, I would have to learn how to take care of myself. Um, but it's just a day by day walk, you know, trusting that God is going to take care of me no matter what. If my parents were to have died back then, I know that God would still be with me today. I was thinking about this earlier, you know, you were at that age, middle school, where all the hormones are going crazy and you're emotional. That must have been horrible. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I remember there were some days where I would try to keep it kind of bottled up. And there was one day where I just could not hold it in any longer. And I remember just breaking down in the middle of English class. And my teacher, was uh, she just came up to me and was like, do you need to be dismissed? And I said, I just need a hug. And I just remember her embracing me and saying that God would take care of me. Yeah, that's hard stuff. So when you were going through all this, did you talk to anybody? Because it was probably hard to talk to your parents because you didn't want them to feel bad, right? Right. And I didn't even really talk to my grandparents or my uh, cousins or, or even my friends. I just felt like I couldn't talk to anyone. Um, my parents were my rock, you know, and I always told them everything and I didn't really feel comfortable with talking to anybody about that personal stuff. So I really just took it to the Lord and I just said, you're going to have to take care of me, you know? All right. That's awful, um, mature for middle school kids. Yeah. <laughs> so what did your friends and family do that helped you through this? Um... They still took me to church. Um, They loved me like my parents would. And they also, the important thing was they didn't really treat me like anything was wrong. You know, sometimes people 
will, um, if there's a bad situation, they'll continue to kind of feel like depressed or in, in a, like a valley and keep you in that valley. But honestly, they tried to take me out of that and tried to um, keep me focused on like, you know, you can do this, you know, we can still, we can do it together. Um, we'll pray for your parents and we'll know that God will take care of them. So you didn't feel like anybody was pitying you? No, no. no. Did you ever feel like, um, so like you're sitting in class and the kids around you are all talking about, everything seems stupid they're talking about? Yes. Yes. And, and honestly, no one knew that my parents were dying. Like no one knew that my mom was in the hospital on the verge of death. And, uh, just because I didn't feel like it was their business in a way, but also no one ever asked. No one ever asked like, hey, how are you doing today? You know, it's just, I just realized how um, precious life was, you know. When we have friends that are facing similar challenges, what would you advise us to do to help them? Um, Pray about the situation because every situation is different. Every person is different and God will guide you how to help them. And God will honestly just give you the words to speak to them because our flesh doesn't know what to say always, you know. And um, just encourage them, lift them up, you know, just bring them before God. Mm. So what did you learn about yourself through this process? That I could not do it on my own. Um, And like you said, the maturity level went, it skyrocketed because I was 12 years old and I had always depended on my mom to help me do schoolwork and study. And I became independent in that aspect. I also became very independent in um, my spiritual life. I realized that I couldn't depend on my parents to, you know, guide me in church, even though they did. It was just like I had to have a personal relationship with God. They couldn't pray for me. They couldn't read the Bible for me. You know, I had to do that on my own. So what did, what did you learn about other people through this? That no one knows what you're going through. And to always keep an open mind, um, see how they're doing. You know, emotionally, uh, sometimes you just have to smile at them and say, hey, how are you? And, you know, some people may choose to be honest and say, you know, I'm not feeling good today or uh, there's a situation in my family that's not, you know, okay right now and I'm emotionally unstable. But some people may not and they may just say, you know, good, okay, but, you know, just pray for them. Do you think it's a safe, do you think it's safe in our society for people to answer those kind of questions? Say what? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's a bad question. I was just thinking, you know, because you ask people and everybody's like, it's fine. That's just a normal answer. Right. People don't feel comfortable talking to people. Right. Well, I feel like if you have a built relationship with them, they should feel comfortable. Right. But some people don't feel comfortable because um, they feel like you have it all figured out when you don't. Right. You know, they don't see that part of your life. Yeah. I learned a lot. We have we have a kid that's adopted and has trauma issues, and I learned a lot about not judging people. <laughs> 
through that whole process. Yeah. Like, you know, before I go to the store and somebody would have a kid who was acting crazy and, like, I'd be like, that kid just needs some discipline. <laughs> but, the, you know, but then mm-hmm. God gives you a kid like that and you're like, oh, I was so bad to judge, you know. Yes. Yeah. you don't know what other people are going through, really. Right. Nobody really knows. Even though you might think you know, you really don't know. What was the biggest challenge? Um, thinking every day that my parents could pass away. Right. Just knowing that that was still a possibility, you know. Like, my mom, she was cancer-free after um, surgery, but my dad still. And, and um, Lou Gehrig's disease is a very um, scary disease because you never know when that person can die. They can die early on in the disease without any um, effects, or they could, you know, um, with Stephen Hawking, he had that, and he died like 50 or so years right. after having it. Like, you just can never tell. It's very rare to just to survive a long time with right. disease. Yeah. Um, so y- you are probably more aware than most kids your age of the preciousness of life. Yes. So how has that, that made you a better person? Um... To never take for granted, like, every minute that I have with my parents and just people in general, to enjoy the moment, um, to live for God in every moment that I can, and because life can seriously just be taken from you in a second. Right. And it's not necessarily even people whose parents have terminal diseases. Like, I could walk out there. And have a car hit me right now. Yes. Um, You never know. Yeah. I've had friends who have had car accidents and just passed away and they were my age. Or they got a... um, uh, I had a friend who completely just... It was a complete freak accident and he just died within a week and he was my age. And I remember just praising God that I was still alive, you know? And I just cried at that funeral and realized... Life is not, like, it is a vapor. It seriously is. You cannot take any moment for granted. How has it changed the relationship you've had with your parents? You said you guys were always close, right? Yes, but I feel even closer than normal kids are in a way, just because it really bonded us. Like, people have told me before, um, whenever my mom and I are out in public, they realize that the closeness between us and uh, they're like, how is your relationship so well? And it's like, I don't know how to explain it to you. You can't, you can't know until you go through it, you know? Right. So, so the challenge of all of this that you went through, even though as bad as it was, produced something really special, right? Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm going to cry. <laughs> well, we've, we've been able to minister to several people. Um, my parents and I, you know, we sing at different churches, and uh, I travel with my youth pastors, and we minister to other people. And uh, a testimony I always give is how God brought us through that fire. Right. You know, He right. didn't leave us in it. He brought us through the situation. He didn't leave us in a valley for too long. We were able to rise up out of that situation. And, uh, you know, it reminds me, too, whenever the devil thought that he had won. Right. He didn't. Right. You know, so. 
I was thinking the other day about, you know, people are always like, well, I wish I had known someone was going to pass away. If everybody died when they were old, like, would we really value their life at the beginning? You know? We would just be all waiting until the end and then, you know. Yeah, and then be good to them. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's not how it works. You should always strive to be there for them, like, the entire time. Yeah. Love them as much as you can. So from watching you, you seem to really, really love life, and you want to do all the things, right? Yes. Is that because of what you've been through, or were you always like that? Um, I was always like that in the first place. I was a very outgoing person, but it was because my parents were go-getters. My dad, you know, Army Ranger, he always... um. Strived to be the best, strived um, for many things musically, and then my mom was the same way, and they were people persons, like, you know what I mean? They always wanted to get to know people, and I kind of got that from them, I think. Um, But then going um, in that fire, it just made me realize how much more of a outgoing person I was, because I couldn't depend on my parents to talk for me in a way, you know? Um, So... So, so you're an awesome volleyball player, you're a cheerleader, you're an actress, you're a musician. I'm like, is there anything Sarah can't do? That's, that's, <laughs> is there anything Sarah can't do? Oh, yes, several things. <laughs> um, people ask me this all the time, and uh, I really don't know how to answer them, but I finally kind of figured it out. And Sarah cannot be perfect. Right. No matter what people think, Sarah cannot be perfect, you know. Um, even though they think that, I still have struggles, you know. I, I'm, I'm human. Right. Do, do you think people think you should be perfect? Um, I've been criticized about that before, actually. Yeah. I was bullied in middle school for being quote-unquote perfect. Uh. And that was at the time whenever my parents were going through the situation. And um, it was really difficult for me because I was being bullied. My parents were in the hospital. I was living with my other family. That I, I It was a new environment, and it was just a storm. Right. You know, and... I seriously didn't know how I was going to get through it. Yeah. Because I was like, wow, you're bullying me for being perfect? It's <laughs> not a thing. In the Bible, it says you can't be perfect. Right. You know, it was, it was, I was just caught off guard. <laughs> I think that's just insecurity, people's insecurities. Yeah. Um, speaking out. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, was no one wanted to be my friend because of that because you were perfect yeah or they thought you were perfect yes thank you for that (laughs) (laughs) well because you felt they felt like they didn't measure up to you yes ma'am huh yep so that was difficult because I didn't feel like it was my fault I felt like I always strived to be the best and glorify God I never meant to glorify myself I think uh when you when you strive to be a go-getter and you're trying to do big things there's always going to be people that want to kind of jerk you down and say you're perfect and whatever and they think you're showing off but you just have to live your life you're not responsible for them and then this year your senior year you went through a medical challenge of your own you got injured right at the beginning of the volleyball season how have you processed through all that 
Um, that was a very difficult situation because at first um, I thought I had just sprained my ankle, but um, whenever I started trying to walk again, I would collapse and my ankle would keep rolling on me. Um, so when the MRI came back that I had uh, completely torn my ligaments in my ankle, I was very, very discouraged. I immediately started crying and um, I felt like, why me? You know, especially during my senior year, it was just difficult. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to go through this situation, even though it didn't really like seem like a hard situation compared to what I've already gone through. It was just sad. You right. know, I looked forward. I had expectations for senior year and it was, it almost seemed like it didn't, I, I didn't think it would happen like this. Right. Like you know? we've already been through enough. Yeah. Come on, give us a break. Yeah. And, and all your, all your, uh, High school days, you're like, senior year, it's going to be the best year. And on, honestly, like, it has, but I wish I didn't have to go through this. Um, but also, God has shown me several things through this situation. It's shown me to have compassion for people who can't walk. I'm thankful that I still have my leg. You know, I've thought about that as well. Um, and two, it's really brought my attention to walking. You know, I love walking. <laughs> I appreciate walking, you know, and I appreciate doing things for myself. Um, it's really humbled me because I've had to ask my parents, hey, can you go grab this, the simple things? Can you grab me water out of the fridge? Can you grab me my makeup off of my counter, you know? And it's just been super, super difficult for me. Definitely humbling. Um, but I've been able to inspire different people. Um, people in grocery stores have come up to me and I'm just in my head, I'm thinking, don't trip, don't trip, don't trip, you know, but they come up to me and say, hey, you're an inspiration because you are doing this and this um, despite your injury. So also, you know, you think about um, she plays she plays volleyball um, at the school my kids go to. And three of the main players were taken out this year with the injuries. seniors. Yeah. Three out of the four seniors were taken out this year. And so it was kind of like, oh, no, what's going to happen? But I must say that the others really pulled through. Yes. So, and they might not have gotten that opportunity if you three haven't gotten injured, right? Yes, ma'am. So, like, you gave them a chance to, like, have an awesome year. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> what are your plans for the future? As of right now, I have applied to Auburn University and the University of Florida. I've been accepted into the architecture program at Auburn University. I'm still waiting on University of Florida to send me an acceptance letter, um, but we are praying that God guides me. Um, if it were my choice, I would love to stay in Florida so that I could, you know, see my parents more often. and. Um, my future future plans i've been really praying about this i would like to become an architect because i would like to build different churches in different foreign countries or even orphanages and do just mission trips in that aspect that's an awesome dream um yeah we had we've had some friends that have gone and done that they build 
uh, tiny houses mm-hmm. in Honduras and little churches. It's like $1,000 to build a house for somebody down there. Um, it's not like a house here, you know. Right. <laughs> it's like bare bones. But it's yeah. um, an awesome, an awesome goal. So how can people reach out to you if they want to contact you? Um, I have an Instagram. It is sarah.mac15. And I also have a YouTube channel, but it's under my mom's name. So if you would want to uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, it's Karen Spade. And um, you can find my dad on Google. He has several articles that have been written by him. One um, being written by uh, Washington Post on the Ranger Hall of Fame and different things. Uh, also, WEAR did a uh, interview for my dad. Yeah, he is a tough cookie. Yes. I love your dad. Um, and your mom. Sarah, I just want to thank you for coming here and sharing with us today. I want to say how much I admire your quiet strength. It's obvious that you possess a depth that most kids your age don't have. It's something that can't be bought or borrowed. You only possess it once you've gone through difficult trials and have come out on the other side. And I know you're not perfect. I was just joking about that. But I do see that you work really hard to do the best you possibly can in everything you do. And we wish you all the best in your future. You're going to change the world with the gift that is you. And friends, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I know the subject is one that we wish we never had to talk about. If any of you guys are going through hard times, we encourage you to reach out. Find a safe person like a teacher or a pastor or a coach. A friend that you can talk to. If you can't find someone, reach out to us and we will work to find someone in your local area to connect you with. We aren't meant to go through life alone. You can get through this. We believe in you. If you want to contact us, you can always find us on our website at BeDaringLife.com or on our Facebook group at BeDaringLife. If you really like us and you really want to let the world know how much you like us, give us a review on iTunes. The more reviews we have, the more visible our our podcast is. That helps others find us in the great community we are building. Thanks so much for joining us today. And remember to go out and be daring.